the hard yards brought to you by Sports Joe. It's good to the short side. Oh, it's good to the short Before, but I'm the referee on this field, not you. Hi Rob, Zeebs here. Just want to discuss the captaincy next. He's calling. Oh, and Ring Rose comes through. Oh, that is brilliant from Ring Rose. Ring Rose is going here. What a score! You're very welcome to the Hard Yards. I'm Andy McGeady. We have another good show lined up for you today. I'm joined in studio by Sports Joe reporter Pat McCarry. Good morning. And former Ireland and Munster centre James Downey. Good morning. Hello, nice jumper. Thank you. Christmas spirit and all. That is a lot of Christmas spirit. It certainly is. Yeah, we'll come back to that. Get that photo out. Uh, Later on in the show, we've got a good interview with Ireland and Leinster prop Keane Healy. And we'll also be chatting. It's a bit of a nerdy chat, um, but that's okay. We can get nerdy every so often on the hard yards (laughs) with uh, James Fitzgerald from World Rugby about the new simplified law book. But first, James, you were away in non-Christmassy place recently. Yeah, yeah. Uh, had the pleasure of playing over in Dubai there a couple of weeks ago. Which playing? Playing, yeah. Playing for the vets. Good man. I'm now a veteran. So, How does uh, that sit with you? That was fine, actually. It was actually pretty good. Pretty good standard. Um team that actually won it was joining Jack, which would be um, the OC um, Owen Farrell after he scores. Links the two fingers together. So they had Jason Robinson, Mark Quaido playing for them. Oh. So there was a couple of speeches I have managed to avoid a lot of those <laughs> so how is your pace stood up compared to those lads uh, it's tens now my pace, <laughs> my pace <laughs> is the best of days in stand up but uh, no look as for, we were there for Doddy Weir's Trust so it was yeah. a, a, a great charity to play for and look it's a bit of fun as well and get to watch the sevens first time doing it and uh, hopefully not the last excellent that sounds good I've never been over there to the sevens you've been Pat uh, <laughs> I thought you are looking for an invite no. we do a hard yard special from Dubai maybe if anyone wants to sponsor a trip to the Sevens I am okay with that <laughs> any, <laughs> of the, any of the Sevens trips they're all in good locations yeah oh. yeah London you know, or Glasgow Glasgow is a good one yeah yeah. but you, you're mentioning Doddy Weir there he's doing some great stuff isn't he Like he's really getting out in front of this and and being a public face uh, you know for it as well like. yeah even see him uh, against uh, was it the All Blacks he brought out uh, oh, the that, was, ball that was extraordinary yeah, with, yeah. The, with the Suns like God, it was you're sitting at home and the lump was in the throat watching that. It was extraordinary stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I guess look, he's bringing the awareness there. So more to Mary really, who, who gets behind it. Well, yeah, whatever he wants uh, wants to do for that cause, while he is still with us, then I Godspeed and uh, fully support whatever he wants to do. Um, good news last weekend though on the rugby front. It was a really good weekend for yeah. the Irish provinces. Yeah, extremely impressive from. Uh, from everyone really um, the one that kind of slips under the radar is ext- uh, very impressed with Connacht's win over in Breve um, yeah it was a, it was a high, high scoring game wasn't it brilliant yeah yeah and it's okay people might kind of turn their nose up at it a little bit but I think I've been lucky enough to play away in France uh, and I haven't played in Breve now but some of my, some of my friends have and they said it's, very, it's a very tough place to go to get a result over there mm. shows a lot of character for the squad as well and I guess look, uh, going forward for them it's it's a big one and it's a route into uh, Europe or the Champions Cup next season if they win it as well so um, and, and that's it seems to be giving them confidence as well because um, they came off the back of the, the first couple of games and they got two wins from that and then they just kicked on in the league so hopefully if they get another win this weekend it just helps them going into the Interpros over Christmas yeah plenty of good games coming up so yeah looking forward to it yeah, um, James, you mentioned that you reckon that Ulster mightn't have got the credit they deserve so far. 
Yeah, no, just most people seem to speak about, look, rightly so, I think Munster and Leinster, but not, not many people are talking about Ulster and think a bit of credit where it's due. I think, uh, like, outstanding performances from certain individuals, but given conditions, Henderson again holds his hand up. Hmm. Uh, he's having a great year. Um, but yeah, look, to get a win over there, it's not easy. Um, it definitely wasn't easy last weekend. Those were horrendous conditions. Oh. For anyone who wasn't watching the match, I mean, it was. I know it's been compared to some of the NFL games you see in the snow. It wasn't wasn't quite yeah. you know ankle deep Bills stuff, picks. but it was it was wind, it was driving snow, blizzard stuff at times. Um, there was a, a point now in the first half where you, you thought it might not actually um, yeah. get through the game, uh, but that's real roll up the sleeve stuff. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> you don't need too much skill involved in that one. You know, when you see those, you wake up and on a match day and you see those conditions. You don't. It's not all about oh everything we've done on the field during the week is actually. Look, this is this is a bit a bit of hard stuff here now. You know, it's what's the worst? Um, what's the worst stuff you've played in now? Um, I've played in a couple of three 0 classics in the sports grounds <laughs> um, where the ball I don't think got past myself. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> not not. <laughs> uh, hanging myself here. Not through lack of <laughs> ability yeah. or skill, but I think we had Ted Robinson who had hypothermia after the game on the wing. Um, literally stood there with their their hands and under their armpits. Uh, I think Rodge got a penalty to win 3-0 for Munster and it was just high balls knock on pick and go knock on so the, the game plan was if this goes to 13 or outside then someone's getting oh. yeah. but it was torrential rain it was wind like what should you expect but you couldn't even kick a goal so it was absolutely horrendous wouldn't even call it rugby like, but it's frustrating to see like you know and it's a, look some of the games you're talking about games getting called off um, you saw the backlash that Claremont brought to Saracens uh, what did Claremont play Saracens? <laughs> Eventually, <laughs> in they that got close that. game, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> yeah. But God, that was that was a nice little Monday night bonus. I took no joy in that at all. Um, but yeah, the uh, they're not happy actually. Saracens, Nigel Ray, the owner, is not happy. He reckons that he's lost three hundred grand um, on because originally, I mean, it was a bit chaotic. Uh, yet originally, it was going to be you know postponed postponed until tomorrow behind closed doors then not behind closed doors uh, so they had about was it two and a half thousand fans as opposed to a full house of ten thousand yeah yeah uh, so disappointing but were they ever going to get ten thousand at short notice that's not a big fan base no no that's it I think they, they it was going to be even earlier in the day wasn't it and then they just yeah got, mid afternoon yeah. yeah they got a push back and then they tried to get the word out that um, that it was going to be on but it was uh, good to see a few of the Claremont fans who were able to hang around <laughs> got a, got like value for money as well there was a few photos of them braving it out for an extra day and um, absolutely tore them to shreds didn't they and it was extraordinary to watch when you consider like Saracens are on a bad run but that this is something else I mean yeah. Cla Claremont that was the best of Claremont and possibly the worst we've seen Saracens play in Never mind the losing, was it six in a row now? And mm. you know, worst for 14 years. Though, how Saracens played for that first half an hour was something I haven't seen in a long time. Yeah, but you can look the way Claremont plays, you got to take hats off to it, you know. And oh, when they lost Brad Barrett, I was like, oh no, he's the defensive uh, linchpin for Saracens. And oh, but sometimes teams are undefendable, to be honest. And mm. the Claremont were on fire, weren't they? And I think, look, Saracens just need to kind of regroup a little bit. And, as you say, they've lost a couple on the bounce now, but look, I wouldn't. You kind of write them off at your own peril, really, but um, it'll be a tough place to go over there now next week. But you expect a little bit of a backlash, but I still don't think um, they're going to be there or thereabouts. Mm. I think uh, I think Claremont are five point favourites for the return. We'll call it the return leg. 
But uh, but it, on the, on the wider point, I mean that was capping off a very poor weekend for the Premiership sides. I think it's really judging by some of the media coverage, it's really hit home um, across in England. I mean, losing all seven games in a weekend is is a bit mad. Yeah, it's actually shocking enough, isn't it? Like when yeah. you kind of when you put it that figure on it, like so. Um, there's just so many of them are just kind of just they're getting hit by injuries and that's that's I suppose any of the lads that are playing over there are saying that they just have a big game every weekend like every weekend's a big game for them I think even Donico Callahan was mentioning it recently that there's no let up like in the likes of Ben Youngs might have played 11 or 12 games so far this season with Conor Murray's like 6 or 7 like and they're just getting asked so much every game is so big and it, they're getting punished now in the Champions Cup I think as well um, you're looking at squad size as well um, in England it's not as big as they are over here um, and also you got to look at the Irish focus, especially Irish focus on um, Champions Cup rugby as well. So mm. How you're going to rest players beforehand? Well, as you've rightly said, there the Premiership it's a big game week in week out. There's something to play for week in week out. Mm. It's such a highly physical league, um, and it does take a toll. And like if you've played that certain amount of games on the bounce, you're coming into a Christmas period where there's like games week in week out. Like it's it takes its toll, and if you don't have that squad, you you kind of suffer a little bit now. So th- th- there's two things you mentioned there. So the first thing was the the targeting of the Champions Cup game. So w- when you came back um, from England, is that a difference that you felt in the changing room and the way that the team was set up? Completely, it's completely different mindset. Yeah. In the UK, you focus on Europe the week of Europe, like. Um, you focus on Premiership week to week, and then Europe's up. Okay, oh, change of focus, Europe a little bit different everyone's a little bit more relaxed because it's Europe because you're not focusing on the your daily grind in Ireland it's the pinnacle of such you know it's what what everyone in the country aspires to win um, two weeks straight three weeks out four weeks out it's even mentioned in the papers like your, your focus turns to I have a goal in four weeks time which is the Champions Cup game or European mm. Cup game at the time you know and it's your mindset's always thinking that's always there in the back of your mind while UK it's not 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 at all and like even you're focusing a couple of weeks out we used to have homework on our opposition once you knew them uh, two weeks out we'd be prepping for the team we'd play in two weeks we'd be um, bringing in different plays uh, one or two plays and we'd bring them in a couple of weeks before with a view to using that against a European side while in England there, there just isn't that there isn't that focus maybe with one or two there is but um, not in the clubs I was at now that's really interesting because you know it's often it's said a lot um, Pat I mean we, we, we get that a lot from various interested stakeholders mm. um, I'm actually going to go right back to when changing the format of even qualification for the Champions Cup to build that sort of ticket away from the perception if nothing else so I think you're talking about a reality James of your experience and the certain the perception even beyond that of, of Pro 12 as it were resting Teams resting players poor big games. Note that we always refer to resting as opposed to rotation. Apparently, <laughs> in the Premiership, you can rotate, and that's fine. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I've noted that kind of big regular verb. Um, but the uh, Northampton, your old club, they've gone through a bit of change this week. Yeah, yeah. Jim's gone. Um, that's a big change for the club. Um, um, quite surprising from what I hear. Um, for people who, from from a very Irish mindset, who might know how big a name, how big a name is Jim Mallinder in Northampton rugby? Oh, he's, you should look at what he's, where he's brought the club. Uh, when I joined the club, I think it was his first signing. Um, and we were in the championship, and to bring him from there to within to winning the the Premiership within I don't know what it was six seven years. 
um, the only side to do that after I suppose would be Exeter um, but look he's changed that whole club flipped it on his head and um, it's, it's sad to see it's part of sport nowadays it's a results based business quite ruthless to be fair but look players have been on the, the other side of that now and look I feel for him but I'm sure he's not going to be uh, out of a job too long there's, there's plenty of jobs going but yeah look it's very sad everything he gave to the to the club and look they just need I think they needed something to happen some some change um, so it'll be very interesting to see I've, I've seen a few names thrown around uh, Mike Ford I'm not sure how that will go down well there um, I think Lancaster will be one they'll be very popular over there Pat have you confiscated Lancaster's passport <laughs> yeah I was out at Leinster there earlier in the week and I just kind of uh, rifled his desk yeah, <laughs> yeah. he just broke the, broke the, broke the front uh, the top drawer in his desk and don't worry I've got the passports yeah but he's definitely a name which you'd be interested in if you were in Northampton rugby certainly yeah, yeah. He's, got, he's got the pedigree there and I think it's it's been a great step for him to kind of one step away from England um, but to experience a pro 14 and just to get a different mindset and a bit refreshing and like the Leinster boys speak so highly mm. of him so mm. um, I think it'd be a great signing for them but look I'd like to see him stay where he is Yeah I think a lot of people around the uh, Leinster area would like to see him stay exactly where he is uh, the so there have been some very good results for the Irish teams this weekend um, looking at Munster specifically uh, we touched on this last week um, with uh, Kevin about the difficulty in preparing for the same opponent again after you've hockeyed them the first time around and Munster did hockey Leicester so how do you what would, would you have a perspective on that now um, well after you hockey someone it's a di- I don't know uh, uh, sometimes a, a switch can go off in your head in terms of um, you're very kind of defensive right we've, we've hopped off someone it's mm. going to be back to the wall now because I know if the shoe's on the other foot how I'd react you know and it's yeah it's very tough these back to backs and I think players find they're quite mentally draining um, you focus so much on one game then the game's finished you kind of go okay grand we can switch off and kind of go on to something else but it's like no similar team similar game plan we're at this again and it's a little bit like Groundhog Day for the week but I'm sure um, like say Leinster particularly or and Munster would have a, a nice rested week not much would have been done because same opposition they can actually get a bit of downtime which is positive but um, yes look you've got some scores to settle and as I've mentioned before the great thing about rugby is you only have to wait a week uh, to change a perception but when you get a chance to, to do it against the same opposition it makes it like mentally um, makes a big difference but I think you'd nearly prefer it to be a closer game rather than a completely one-sided game um, just to keep the mental that switch not yeah, switching yeah. just yeah. because you're, you're going to get a complete knee jerk reaction from an opposition if you think of the dressing room say um, in Leicester that, that's, that pre-match speech writes itself you yeah. know, it's like do I need to say anything we saw what happened um, Chiefs may be a little bit different they can tweak a couple of things but still same physicality but the Tigers one writes itself and the Monster one's right look what we've done to them this week we expect a backlash we expect them to come out we expect to see a different animal and everyone does so um, I think the Leicester crowd expect it and I'd expect it as a player but you, you can kind of you also have to kind of react to what happens as well but you've got to get in front of that as well you know you mm. know a backlash is going to be there but you can also go right if we can frustrate the crowd if we can keep the crowd quiet don't let them get in their backs um, if they get a bit of momentum it's going to be hard to stop with the crowd behind on the ref or and small decisions going your way. So I expect Munster to actually win it. Um, as long as they're smart in how they play again. I thought they were quite smart the last time. 
and um, yeah if they can if they can keep their heads I'm sure Leicester will try and get in amongst them and try and ruffle them and maybe try and get a few yellows it'd <laughs> 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 be interesting to see how the, the breakdown is ref because it's been spoken about so much hasn't it like and that's going to be just you know it, it, that'll be the first 10-15 minutes to see what happens see what see what they're allowed to get away with again and or see if they see if they get penalised in the first ten or fifteen as well. Yeah, I, I don't know who the referee is, but um, I haven't seen it. But going back to what I'd said before about European stuff uh, at clubs, the analysis you do in referees is unbelievable. Like, mm. You know, I get or I used to get like emails sent through with videos of the referee, what his hot points are, what he likes to do, uh, like what he does for attack for rooks, what he lets you do and yeah, you actually kind of play that and you can the first couple of minutes you're exactly right you, you test as far as you can go you yeah. know and if you get away with it you keep going if not you go right we can't do that we'll leave it be and mm. then you know some referees like to be yes or no sir like only one person speaks to them some referees let a couple more lads speak so it's all about playing the referees really and, and being smart with it yeah yeah so there's been obviously there was the talk around the breakdown then Matt O'Connor the Leicester coach was up, was not happy with the Andrew Conway collision uh, if you watch this back I'm honestly don't yeah, know where he's he coming from on this um, there's been some speculation that he's just trying to take the heat off in the old Michael Checker way or Jose Marino way you know I I that is the, actually the simplest explanation for what I see here completely to me it's it's exactly that and a lot of people have said it and I completely agree it's okay look I'm going to fall on the sword for this one for my players yeah, right about yeah. me not my yeah, team yeah exactly but yeah. but I'm sure behind closed doors he's letting the players know look I've done my bit you boys are up now like, <laughs> like I've taken my bit of flack you know it's it's, yeah. it's that simple it's that simple um he used to be the master of just kind of like he'd make like he'd imply something but then he'd never kind of give an explanation what he was talking about he's like you know what I mean and you're like no what do you mean And you're not doing the some people are saying yeah <laughs> yeah, but yeah he, so, and apparently he did it again and the lads had to follow him out to the corridor to see if they could get like and, and he still didn't give them anything it was just like you saw it didn't you and, and then did he see a replay because Conway looked like he was wrapping the hands and and your man was going to step and, and ducked into it. So It's a nothing. It's a collision. Mm. It's a really unfortunate collision that's left two lads in a really bad way. Yeah, yeah. But um, I, I don't know. I, I tend to think, I tend to agree with you, James. It's He's taking one for the team. Yeah. yeah. And look, that's smart. Mm. You know, if you're trying to take take the heat off, deflect, that is smart. Yeah. You've got a big game next week. Especially when you play them the following week. Yeah, exactly. Makes complete sense. So the... Uh, you expect Munster to win. Yeah. Yeah. Ulster, we're, we're going to assume that Quinns are going to send their under-15s over <laughs> or something like that. Yeah, I'd expect Ulster to win at home. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And then uh, Leinster? Um, Leinster to win as well. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. You're very confident. I'm, I'm going for another clean sweep. You're making notes here, Pat? I'm taking notes, yeah. Yeah. We're yeah. To come the comeback trail. Uh, Self and James run it together. Okay. Uh, James will be back later to answer your Twitter questions but up next we have a chat with Leinster and Ireland prop Cian Healy The Hard Yards Now when the cups are decided you have fine weather but that's probably a two month period you have to do the hard yards Hey that's the name of the show Excuse the pun No that's perfect we're going to use that now <laughs> I'm on a bonus for that definitely yeah. get Jordan, that in The Hard Yards The Hard Yards On Sports Joe you're welcome back to the Hard Yards. This week, Pat was on the road, but not too far, up to uh, Belfield, to Leinster's training ground, and you were chatting to Keane Healy. Yeah, we spoke to them um, 
I think they, they gave him a kind of easy enough day on Monday and Tuesday as as uh, James speaks about I suppose it's an easy enough week because they know another big game is coming and uh, yeah Healy was it was a brilliant Leinster performance at the weekend and Healy's mm. just continued his good form and it's great uh, to see isn't it yeah he's a man he's flying again like and he, he spoke about uh, just a few minutes before he was chatting to some of the, the print guys and he was speaking about the fact that he was close to signing off on his retirement because of his neck injury that he had and uh, you know kept going and look where it's got him back mm. back into it now yeah it's extraordinary to see that the insurance forms were in play like yeah uh, yeah I, I hadn't been aware of that mm, yeah like that's um and that was yeah completely fresh knowledge that nobody else seemed to to be aware that it was it was that close to him being a, an ex rugby player. Yeah. Now I listen to this and there's a really interesting piece there about um, you know being a good mate to Jamie Heaslip, someone like mm. Healy's gone through rehabs before, and just what you talk about when you meet him. <laughs> Do you know what? It's not injury. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's good. Um, so yeah, this is uh, Pat talking to Kane Healy. Yeah. So what I wanted to do was start off with. Uh, just take you back to April 20th uh, ahead of the season when the line squad was announced and stuff is that something even in your wildest hopes or did you have an inkling that you might want to get involved or did you think it was possible at all? Um, I didn't expect an awful lot mm. uh, you can't really expect that when you're playing second fiddle there so I was just looking after myself trying away and trying to get as many games as I could so just, I just left all that happen and yeah. the commotion happened yeah and um, to go on the summer tour then as well and, and Joe then talked about how you kind of really stepped up as a, a leader in the squad and maybe that was the first time he said he, he kind of really saw it on a day-to-day basis just from somebody who wasn't there what does that involve like is that just you taking the young lads to one side and having a word with them or anything else a little bit of that but like it's I don't know I just tried to make everyone as comfortable as possible there's a lot of lads that hadn't even toured before so um I don't know, re- reinforce stuff the the, la- the coaches had said and make lads not be so uh, high-strung, I suppose. Mm. It's only small stuff, like it's... I wasn't coaching fellas or anything like yeah. that. Yeah. Because I remember also just from, from chatting to Jacob Stockhead earlier in the year, he was talking about how someone like Keith Earls was so good to him and yeah. just kind of took him over to one side and stuff. A couple of lads that you we would have looked after the props then and stuff, or it's just anybody you wanted to chat or from row club, um, <laughs> yeah, any of the pack. Well, anyone like it's uh, we weren't really a cut apart group. It was everyone went for coffees, forwards and backs. It wasn't uh, we didn't segregate ourselves into the heavies or anything like mm. that. And the um, did you kind of like you got the three ones because I know Joe jinked around with his backline for the games, but you guys seem to be that was the pack and that's where you went. But did you guys know before that was all happening? Did it give you a bit more confidence that you're going to get a run of games, or is it just kind uh, of no? Week? Didn't um, expected it to be rotated a bit and stuff like that, but uh, I was pretty delighted to get that run now because it's something I've been chasing for a while to to try and get a string of games to bring you up to that match fit level to be able to perform for for kind of a sustained period so um, I was delighted with that opportunity and you kind of then launched into your pre-season then kind of buoyed by that I suppose that kind of form for Ireland and did that kind of I think you even mentioned before that you kind of had this renewed vigour coming into the pre-season this year yeah I came out of that tour happy with where I was at and there's no bumps or bangs on the body and ready to train again so um, I didn't really wait for pre-season start I tipped away myself at home and stuff like that and got a little bit done looked after myself and just just taking the outside chances that I needed to take to try and to try and get back into contention and 
slugged away at it as happy enough. It was an enjoyable process. And, and you were, you were, I think you mentioned there was stuff, was it at home and stuff, or just kind of going to your local gym or something like that, or what kind of stuff did yeah, you do? Yeah, did a bit of both. So yeah. Rented a cross trainer and did some fasted stuff in the mornings and a bit of lifting in the gym down the road, so it's grand. And at the last noticement then when you come in for the start of the day, are they saying, Jesus, this guy's done his homework already? Or? No, I wasn't coming in ripped to shreds, like, <laughs> yeah. I was just keeping on top of everything, so I started from a from a nice level and I wasn't starting, having to get rid of a lot of fat before I started to prime the body, so it's, it was just making pre-season the most effective I could. And, and you spoke about that as well, that maybe the, the thing you, you said about trimming down or losing a few kilos or something like that, did it involve anything different, like changing the diet or anything like that? or? Um, yeah, a lot of fasted stuff and only eating really when I need to eat. Is I don't eat because I think I should eat. Because it comes one o'clock, I shouldn't have lunch, or six o'clock, I shouldn't have dinner. It's mm. pick it when the body needs it and fuel the body when, when I'm feeling tired or whatever. So uh, it's just pretty simple, like there's nothing mad to it. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's great for you to kind of have this run again, you're just full fitness and stuff as well. But then we come across, I think it was even today, with, with someone like Reese or something like that, having something similar to what kind of happened to yourself. Is there any words you can kind of have to, to someone like Reese when he's kind of, you know, hits a speed bump like this? Can you kind of give him any advice or? Uh, I actually haven't heard the extent of his leg, so um, I don't really know. Like, it's, it's a lot of feeling about yourself and. Mm. Um, like everyone kind of takes differently to, to taking a bang or whatever so I don't know if it's a short one or a long one it depends on how you're um, or it doesn't depend it's just how you react to it and do you jump straight back into your recovery and you got to look after yourself and stuff but Reese is consummate professional so he'll be able to deal pretty well with yeah. it you don't need any tutoring on that <laughs> And the, I just know at the time when you were going through a couple of your issues where you might have been out for a long period that someone like Jamie Heaston would have always spoken well of you and always kind of backed up, you know, you'll be back as well. Like, so have you been the same? Have you been good for, I know I've often seen him at games and stuff like that, but good for kind of staying as much with Jamie and kind of yeah, keeping yeah. your spirits up? Yeah, you have to. But he's, he's a slugger, like he's, he's happy to work out, work along on his own and, and keeps himself busy. So, you know, I... Don't bog him down by talking about injury too much, you know. You you don't want everyone you meet to talk about mm. you not being able to do what you love. So you just meet people, you go for coffees and talk about anything, talk about the weather. Yeah. Avoid injury because it can be something that's taken over here every day and you just want to break away from it. So you need, yeah. to, you need to balance that scale a bit. Is that is that a side of the thing that people don't often see? It's like almost like the you have to do the corporate duties or the media duties when you're not playing. So people just ask you about that all the time as well. And yeah, I'd say I, I could imagine everyone that bumps into Jamie is asking him how his injury is, and mm. he's heard the question a thousand times, but uh, doesn't affect how he's recovering. Like he's slugging away, doing what he needs to do, and he's working on his body now to get it back into shape. So mm. we've we've heard that the um, the Leicester fans are kind of. They'll all be kind of heading along to the game at the weekend, and even more are going to be coming along after that brilliant performance at Exeter at the weekend. Um, does that kind of, I suppose you guys kind of got a little bit delayed coming back as well, but more time to kind of go over that performance at the weekend. Were you just delighted how it all turned out, especially denying the, the losing bonus points as well? Um, yeah, we're happy with that aspect of it and stuff. Now we, we uh, 
we've a good few slip ups we've looked through already and we, we definitely have a lot of space to work on and and defence and attack wise there's there's things to explore that can that can bring us a little bit further on in our game. Um going forward into this week it's it's huge. It doesn't affect our preparation now, but mentally it's huge going into going into Lansdowne Road with forty odd thousand Leinster supporters going book ape like it's it's an insane buzz to be to be a part of that and and to be able to represent that and, and have an opportunity to put on a show and you know that's it's not a burden, it's it's an honour to like to be able to be the ones in that position and hopefully selection all goes well, I'll get another chance to to put on a show for the support and everyone around because you know, I I was in that position before watching it and going bananas and in Lansdowne it was Leinster Ulster was the last one I was at years ago and uh, it's some crack when the team gets up and stuff so you know being having been in that you, you want to create it then yeah yeah the um Taig was a guy who had a brilliant performance again at the weekend just kind of maybe going back to when you guys often scrum against each other in, in training as well can you remember any early memories where you're, you're just kind of thinking this lad's one to watch out for um no he was just a big bloody spud shifter he was he was ridiculous and he was young he was strong and unpolished and a brute so uh He's he's come a long way now. He's uh, he's sharpened up his technique and stuff, and and now he's starting to use that physical force that he had when he was younger in the right way, and mm. he knows how to shape it and stuff. And then along that, like he's he's shifting around the park like a back rower, like so. Uh, he's he's a pretty dangerous player to have on your side. And the, the last one I was going to ask you was um, often see uh, the host of the Hardyards, Andy McGeady, just be tweeting about his barbecue and his slow-cooked meats and stuff and he sometimes gets a response from yourself as well. Is that something you can kind of enjoy? Is that a chance you'll get to do it over Christmas at all? Uh, yeah, of course. It's a choice, chance I get to do it every every week. Um, yeah, uh, my day's off you between can... making knives and barbecuing. You get busy enough. I have enough things to keep me outside off the pitch. Okay, listen, perfect. Good luck, good luck at the weekend. Cheers, well. thank you. Great stuff there from Keane Healy ahead of this weekend's uh, Leinster extra match. Yeah, um, th- and they've. I think uh, Leinster are saying there that they they had a flurry of extra sales there after they beat Exeter. Like so, people are now interested in them again. And I think over forty thousand sold at the moment. But anyone looking to go this weekend, the tickets are still available at LeinsterRugby.ie, and uh, wouldn't be a bad way to kind of spend your Saturday. No, be decent. Cold, but I'm sure it'll be a good atmosphere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. probably guaranteed to be cold. Yeah. Yeah. Up next, we talk to World Rugby's James Fitzgerald about the new simplified rugby law book. The message to the players before we left the UK and Ireland was that to come out to New Zealand to play the All Blacks, you have to take risks. I was surprised a little bit at Steve Henson in terms of, um, you know, normally he's pretty calm. You know, it's unlike Steve, maybe he's a little bit a little bit worried about um, potentially how good this team could be. To play the All Blacks and beat the All Blacks has got to be another step up. We know we've got to be courageous coming here, we know we've got to be bold and we've got to go and play some positive rugby. We're here to win a test series.
This is the hard yard on Sports Joe. And now we're going to get a little bit nerdy. Uh, World Rugby has announced that from January 1st there'll be a new simplified law book in play. What does that mean? Um, frankly, I'm not exactly sure. So I'm very happy to welcome James Fitzgerald from World Rugby to help us out. James, welcome to the hard yards. Thank you very much, Andy. Um, so I'm I'm fascinated by things like this, and from what I hear and understand, this has taken about two years to pull together. And I think I've seen it's forty percent shorter in terms of number of words and easier to read. Um, what was the background for for doing this? Well, I think most people would accept that um, rugby is a is a complicated game at times. Um, there's there's a lot about the game that that doesn't instantly make sense. You have to pass the ball backwards to go forwards, and, and that's just the start of it. So um, it, we're coming from a position of it's quite a complicated game. Now, people people like that, and I, for one, uh, think that's part of the game's charm. But uh, over the years, the laws weren't as simple as they could have been, even, even as complicated as the game is. And there's reasons for that. I mean, as you know, the... The, the, the laws of the game change quite regularly and it's quite an agile sport from that point of view that that, um, that World Rugby isn't afraid to make changes where they're necessary in whatever in whatever aspect of the game it may be but um, what what World Rugby didn't really do was to to keep the laws um, as a as sort of one one group so they've just sort of added on bits here and there and so what that left us with was um, a law book that was full of repetition, full of um, even the odd bit of contradiction, and certainly using language that um, that wasn't the easiest to understand and, and could be simplified. So about two years ago, um, and, and this this had been attempted previously, by the way, um, it has been looked at a few times over the years that that we really needed to consolidate the laws and make them a bit, a bit easier to understand, but. It, it was it was quite a mammoth task, and it, and it ended up in the in the, the the folder marked too difficult. So um, about two years ago, it was resurrected as an idea, and, and uh, we put together a group of of uh, law nerds and referees and and various other people who um, who might have something to contribute to this, and we just looked at how we might make the game the the laws a bit easier to understand and a bit easier to read um, and the result is well one of the, the side results of it is that one of the byproducts of it is that it's 40% shorter that was never really the intention although we suspected uh, it would become shorter um, but what we do think we have now is, is, a, is a book that's easier to understand it's a bit more logical a bit more chronological in, in the way it's laid out and, and how the Various phases of of the game um, are are uh, executed. So, yeah, it's it's been it's been quite a quite an arduous task that the the group of uh, seven individuals who've, who've put it together uh, worked really hard trying to to uh, deconstruct the old law book and then put it all back together mm. in a much more uh, user friendly way without actually changing any of the laws themselves. And that was an important. Point in uh, part of our brief that we we didn't have uh, a remit to change the laws, nor did we want to. We just had we had pretty much free reign after that to make it uh, a bit more uh, easy to understand, and, and so that 
we now have, we, well, we, we believe we have that in, in, in front of us. So th- that's a really important point. So this law book will become available from January 1st, but it's not changing, or, or the intention is not to change the meaning of the laws that are already there in the longer book. So Correct. That's yeah, something so we, so we have the we have the all the laws and, and the clarifications in law over, over the years, and it, um, it's not in our our intention to change the meaning of those. Um, so, in fact, um, the law book comes into effect on the first of January worldwide. But if people want to continue to use the old law book for the remainder of the season, then you know that won't affect the way the game is played and, and how the game is refereed. Hmm. Uh, but obviously, in in, in time. It'll only be the new version that will be updated with with new laws, with law, uh, global law trials, and all that kind of stuff. So um, the old book, as as previous uh, law books down through the years, will will, will become um, will become irrelevant. Okay, so for anyone familiar with the the online laws up there on the World Rugby site, um, all of that will be revamped under the new simplified version, and the results of the trial will go in there in the new simpler language correct, correct? Yeah. okay yeah. Um, so for the next for, from January 1st do we in a sense have two law books in play there for the second half of the Northern Hemisphere season well no the the, the, the new simplified law book is the one that will be used um, but if you don't have a copy of it or whatever or you can't get online to check the the, 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 the way that it's laid out and the way it's been explained there and the old law book will will suffice because there's no change in law per se. Um, but no, the the in terms of of how the game is played and certainly at the elite level, um, the new law book will apply and it, it will apply for for import, other important aspects of the game that are affected by the law, which is you know disciplinary, judicial, and all of that, and how how um, pitches are marked out and how uh, what you know the clothing that that the players have to wear and all that kind of stuff. So in terms of the wording of that, the, the new law book will apply by the, from the 1st of January. Okay. Do you, is it possible, uh, I'm just wondering if this is something you consider, that in trying to simplify language, that perhaps it introduces ambiguity or loopholes? Uh, well, it, it, it's always possible that when you change something, um, you, there's an unintended consequence to that. But um, the... We, we don't think so. I mean, and, and you know, we may there, there may be one or two little things through the through the course of this year and, and the coming years where where anomalies are are spotted. But the law book, as it stands, um, is constantly being clarified anyway. Mm-hmm. So that, that process will continue. And if there are things, areas of the of the law book and how it's explained that people are not sure about, the unions or or, um, or coaches. Are, are are not clear on, then then they can they can request a clarification. So that that process will continue as normal, and and you know we we get several uh, clarification uh, applications every year uh, in in very various aspects of law. So we would expect that to continue, but we don't think that in, in making in making it simpler and plainer, we think actually it's it's become clearer to understand, and so there should be fewer. Clarification sought um, because there won't be those contradictions um, or repetitions that were there previously. James, James, I was just thinking of. Um... Oh, and by the way, Andy, Andy, we've been through a pretty strenuous uh, 
checking process on this. It's gone out to all the unions. It's gone out to all the regional associations. We've uh, enlisted the assistance of various law experts around the world um, to to read it with, go over with a fine tooth comb, and, and try and spot any of these anomalies that might exist. So um, it, it's been a pretty robust process from that point of view as well. Yeah, you just managed to preempt a question that I'd lined <laughs> up here about this being, you know, this this would impact players' livings if there was a contradiction and had legal experts been over it. So I've got that answered. Pat, you wanted to come in. Yeah, James, I was just thinking of um, Denzel Washington in, in the movie Deja Vu, uh, where he was always saying, explain this to me like I'm a five-year-old. Uh, <laughs> is, was there, is there someone who goes in the room and is just like, listen, this is like, it's, surely there was a couple of real jargon-filled ones. Like, is there someone just saying, we have to say this to people, like, like explain it like a layman, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely, and, and and one of the important things on the one of the important members of the of the group who put all this together was um, a, a sports scientist whose expertise in rugby is not is not um, by his own admission is, is not particularly strong. But where he is strong is that he comes at it from a, from that layman's point of view, but also with the background of of uh, what how people read and how people understand. What they're reading, um, and he, he takes a he took a very sort of analytical and cold eye um, to to bring to all of this. So, for example, he, he says, "Explain it like I'm a, I'm a five year old," but um, that's actually not too far from from the truth. The old law book, um, there, there's all these indices that work out, you know, how many in order to understand this passage of of writing, you need X number of years uh, education. To, to do that, so the, the old law book um, required, I think it was uh, fourteen years of formal education <laughs> in order to understand what it was all about, uh, and we've reduced that now by four years. I think, uh, um, so it was it was um, quite a quite a, a pleasing thing to run this through, and, and uh, Ross Tucker was the who's been on the show before I know mm. uh, was was the sports scientist we we got in to talk about it and uh he he kind of ran it through this this uh program and it came out that it, uh, we we'd taken four years off the the education required for uh to understand the new law book so uh not quite a five year old could understand it but mm. uh we're hoping to get there maybe someday. Yeah. Yeah, Ross would be a good man to have in now. I'd say let's let's bring him around Six Nations where we can see some there'll be like there will be impact from this. I know there's gonna be people that don't understand it or that, that we find ambiguities. Um but but here's an example. Okay, so uh I had a word with a couple of um people I know uh who've who've seen a draft, uh and I've seen a draft too. Uh so here's the tip tackle. Okay, so the original tip tackle one was lifting a player from the ground and dropping or driving that player into the ground whilst that player's feet are still off the ground such that the player's head and or upper body come into contact with the ground is dangerous play. That's the old one. Mm -hmm. Mentions ground a lot. Um, the simplified version in the draft I've seen. Don't do um, it. Uh, yeah, don't, <laughs> don't do that. A player must not lift an opponent off the ground and drop or drive that player so that their head and or upper body make contact with the ground. So there's a lot fewer words, um, but mm -hmm. you know th that's one thing. I just wonder if we'll if we'll see a disciplinary decision someday that maybe would change based on the new law book. I I'm not sure we can predict that, James. 
Um, but uh, as I said, I'm sure it's uh, I'm, I'm sure it's coming. But what's the but what's the substantive difference there then, Andy? Uh, it's between pro- the two. It, it's probably to do with it's probably to do with the feet. To be honest, that's the, the bigger one. I I always found it interesting that the feet are um, were in play in the old in in the definition originally. You know, and then the the commoner garden uh, understanding was you know feet above the horizontal. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know that seems mm. to have been taken out. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. That's my interpretation on reading it. That seems to have been taken out. Is is that fair? Yes, and and you know in terms of of what is dangerous play, just because somebody's feet go go above the horizontal doesn't mean it's dangerous number one and also just because they don't go above the horizontal doesn't mean it's not dangerous um, and and so the the outcome might be that a player lands safely um, is brought, brought back to ground safely by the tackler and that's fine play on or it might be that they've, they've had their head driven into the ground um, and, and even if the player's feet don't go above the horizontal that's not to mean that action won't be penalised. Mm. No, I think that that's fair. We've seen a few instances like that. Certainly, some ex players, mm. you see some hits from the that the legs go up, and the ex player might have you saying, "Well, actually, that's just a, an okay tackle." Not to always say that ex players are right when it comes to points of law, but you know what I mean. Um, look, before we yep. finish up, James, there's something you started on there, which was how the law book got into the complicated state in the first place, and there's when you undertake an overhaul of any process or document. There's, that's a one-off job and it's a big job but it's a one-off job so what are your plans to stop it getting over complicated in future again yeah that's that's an important point actually because uh, that, that's how we got into this stage stage in the first place so um, any future amendments in law any future trials that are done will first of all go through um, the, the law review group and rugby committee and all that um, and then before they're signed off, before they're finally agreed, um, they will go through uh, the, uh, and be checked by this simplification group that, that will um, make sure that the language of the new um, amendment is in keeping with the overall um, tenor of the of the, the, the simplified law book. So, and, and if necessary, bits will be taken out to accommodate it. Um, and so <clears throat> there is a, a plan in place to, to maintain this process because it's, it's going to be a lot easier to do that as we go and make sure that it fits with the overall um, theme of the book and the, and the sort of the, the, the um, vibe of the book, if you like, uh, than to just sort of add on and add on and add on and then we end up with a, some poor soul in 50 years' time has to go through this process all over again. Mm. Okay. So listen, we'll see how this all works out. Uh, so something that's definitely uh, referees and coaches are going to be interested in, um, players too, if if they know it's good for them. Uh, so that's the new yeah. simplified law book. Uh, James Fitzgerald from World Rugby, thanks very much for explaining it to us. Thanks, Andy. Right, up next we take a look ahead to some of the weekend's games. The Hard Yards, brought to you by Sports Joe. You're listening to the Hard Yards Rugby Podcast on Sports Joe. Thanks for listening today. We're going to preview some of the games coming up the weekend and continue the competition between myself and Pat. Pat pulled back the deficit last week. Okay. This is becoming a theme. One, <laughs> one point wins. Just keep it, t- keep it ticking over. Climbing back up, climbing back up. Uh, Ulster being the big call. That was your spicy quote unquote <laughs> call. Yeah. yeah. Came off you. 
Um, and, and yeah, I saw they were leading at half time, and there was talk that, oh God, is this, are their weather conditions going to get the game knocked off? And I was yeah. just like, no, please, please, I need this point. It's 54 41. Oh. But right, it's okay, it's, we're, we're getting there. Some, <laughs> some good weeks ahead, but there's another, you know, keep it ticking over. Uh, so we look at the three. The three are you're really grinning, James. Such a, such a, you really <laughs> keep taking over, keep taking over, <laughs> yeah, yeah. keep going on that. Has he tried a long way to go? Me. Long way to go, Andy. I'm just trying to get a reaction here, and I'm not getting it. No, he's no. not, not biting. He's not biting. I just wait for you just to take a, some annual leave, and I can just see if I can pick up four or five points on you. I'm going to lock myself in the studio, Pat. <laughs> uh, Ulster against Harlequins. Ulster fourteen point favourites. That's a lot of points, but we. Um, we're not convinced that Harlequins will be fully up for this or is it just that Ulster are are good um, yeah uh, Ulster Ulster at home Ulster in good form off the back of that Harlequins on one point couldn't well, not, I'm not going to say they couldn't be bothered but you might find that after the first 20 or 30 minutes so um, 14 is, is a big thing for them to kind of to get there but I'd be confident enough in Ulster getting that I'd say actually also looking for a bonus out of that one yeah. <coughs> sorry to be honest um, like La Rochelle are running away with that group as well so they have to yeah. pick up as many points as they can to get one of these runner up spots and again you're going to question where Harlequin's mindset's at uh, on that one point is it and yeah a 20 minutes half an hour in did I want to be there on a, on a Ravenhill night or so Kingspan Stadium sorry so Team Pat and James is going heavy on Ulster here yeah okay I'll go I'll go on the Harlequin side of that I'll, uh, maybe Quinns will come James over with some pride James is going you're a mad you are insane can we have a financial bet on this <laughs> <laughs> off, off the books little yeah. side bet yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah get your mortgage paid off this one uh, Leinster versus Exeter Leinster are eight point favourites at home uh, I'm going I'm cards on the table I'm going Exeter on this one yeah well eight points um Exeter look to bounce back from last week um, Leinster know they're going to be in for a physical one again um, depends how bodies recover uh, Reister looks out this week um, mm. and could be out for a little bit as well um, yeah 8 points I'd, yeah I'd kind of I'd, I'd nearly look at Exeter on that one I think Leinster will win but oh. oh hold on right oh. he's giving you something to think about Pat what's, well, your, what's your call I would do I, once I heard it was 8 points I was like yeah I'd, I'd go Leinster on that one Fi- final yes. Is this your final offer? Yes. Right. Answer. Answer. I can't. No logic or explanation behind it. Just, <laughs> just like, have I you know. listened to this show before? <laughs> yes. Logic and explanation doesn't really have much part of our. Uh, yeah, I'm a gunslinger. That's fair enough. That's fair how enough. it's going. Stick to, and how's that going for you? Uh, well, oh, uh, Jesus! Like at the, there was just a couple of really bad, bad weeks. Like there were. apart from that. Right. Like the, the current the, the narrative here at the moment is that I'm on the comeback trail and everything is going great so let's yeah, get with the okay. programme yeah. okay, I'll just go opposite to Andy <laughs> yes okay, uh, Leicester versus Munster okay so after Munster hockeyed Leicester uh, and James you mentioned that you reckon you're very firm Munster will win this game as long as they play smart Leicester are two points favourites so the bookies are expecting that backlash uh, I will I will go on the Munster side of this yeah, it's, I think the bookies are spot on again. Um, it's going to be that tight. Um, yeah, I just think Munster will nick it. Um, don't think Leicester were the power they were. I think teams see the name and think of oh, the previous eras and previous teams, but I don't think 
they were what they were. I think they can be again, of course, but I don't think they were what they were. So um, they're not that formidable force. So I think Monster will do it. I'm gonna go with James in this one. Monster. Okay. Two monsters, and again, no line for Connacht against Breve. Uh But you'd be fairly confident that having won over there, Connacht would win again. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. Breve was sent over to Espoirs. Yeah. Les Espoirs. Les Espoirs. Uh, Connacht are actually um, eleven to two second favourites for the competition um, after Gloucester. And just looking at the overall moves after last weekend, so to win the entire tournament, Leinster are now favourites. Um, so they're in from four to one to eleven to four. Uh, extra moved out all the way from nine to one to sixteen to one because obviously it's much harder mm. for them to win the pool now, and that means everything's just harder. Saracens move out, Claremont move in, La Rochelle move in, um, and Munster stay at four to we- fourteen to one um, despite hockey in Leicester. So Bucky's not hugely impressed, really. Uh, yeah, long term, I think. I think Munster can still produce these one-off games, but they just need that little bit of consistency. I don't think they're the strongest team. Mm. Uh, in it by by a good bit to be honest, um, but they're getting there. They're getting better. But like I think, the surprise package would be La Rochelle. So um, they play some great rugby. To be fair to them, and you know if you're gonna have to go down there and play them, it's, <laughs> it's a different kettle of fish, isn't it? So. Yeah, you're gonna have to bring all your all the ammunition in your locker because they um, they can score, they can score. Uh, so last point here um, after that premiership whitewash uh, England are now third favourites as in an English club to win the competition are now third favourites after France and Ireland which after Saracen's dominance the last few years is something else it's good to see (laughs) (laughs) so that is the view from the neutral studio here in Dublin Uh, right we will see how the weekend unfolds Uh, next we have Twitter questions with James Murder, she wrote, is the perfect thing to watch during the day. You can watch the start, fall off for 40 minutes, come back, see the end, perfect. You know what I mean? You've missed nothing, really. Remember, Rod, Kev in the Kalina used to have to bring two TVs into the room, one for you for Cheltenham. <laughs> like every red-blooded male in the country, he'd be watching the horse racing whereas I'd have a TV for myself for things like Murder She Wrote and Houses Under the Hammer Murder She Wrote is the perfect thing to watch during the day James is back to answer your fan questions as always we put a call out yesterday and these are the best ones we got in use the hashtag AskTHY on Twitter if you want to ask a question to our panel next week first one this is from Eamon Finn. Uh, should the intent in a tackle make a difference when a referee decides if a dangerous tackle is a yellow, red or not? So, intent is a is a funny business. Is that so as as a player, is that something which you think should be in there? Um yeah, I'd like to see it in there. Um how do we judge it? <laughs> well, this is it. This is the <laughs> this is the big grey area of intention and not um, I don't know how you're going to judge it to be honest I think what the way they're doing it isn't bad but I'd like to kind of show it sometimes players don't get the credit but then again it can flip on the other side and say um, I find it I find it very hard and it's frustrating to see like I think the way players are tackling now as well makes a big difference in, uh, what, how do you mean uh, if you look at how 
um, in America they have now in their jerseys they have the little line they have a line across the top to give it as a height and you have to tackle below that height and it's mm. on everyone's jersey everyone's hitting so much higher even uh, even the underage so like I coach some of the underage kids and they're all every single one of them tackles up high no one tackles mm. low anymore no one tackles around the ankles you look at the Japanese against South Africa they chop them around the ankles and they fall like trees like you mm. know um, but everyone now is hitting high so there's going to be such a grey area and because it, as I say everyone's hitting high so the refs do you have mean, to make decisions but do you the mean techniques are endless but what, what, I mean, what do you mean by it? if you start high then you're opening up yourself to the little bit of randomness if something goes slightly off absolutely I personally I think that this has a lot to do with okay, I'm opening up a huge can of worms here now with like concussion and that sort of thing I think mm. Techniques are horrendous. I think players are coming in so upright, um, and they're trying to have this macho-ness of uh, I've been in the gym and I've been doing my weight, so I'm going to absolutely kill someone. You don't need to kill someone nine times out of ten. You might you, can, you might get a good shot in once, but even if you take them around their ankles, like and especially on bigger players, people go in high. I remember um, we played with Munster against Leone Nakarawa and carries the ball in one hand and you get like a kid and start jumping up trying to knock the ball out of his hand and you actually go hang on we just need to tackle him like, you know, mm. or he doesn't make yards so I think I know I've gone a, gone a little bit around on this but if it's, it starts intending to tackle yes okay I think it'd be great to bring it in but if we get our tackle technique right um, and, and, and draw it all the way back it'll, I think it'll make a big big difference on the types of tackle that players choose to make um, and that'll have a big impact and make it easier to ref and hopefully bring down concussions that's my personal opinion on it you'd well yeah I was going to say you'd love to see a full speed like at least once on a replay as well Like that's a really good point yeah. everything looks everything looks deliberate when you slow it down yeah. and I think referees are getting better at asking for the full speed one because it certainly changes the perspective when you're trying to determine intent and foul play mm. Uh, but they, they, uh, you're not off the mark there when it comes to the, the tackle height because one of the reasons why they've they've brought in the remember the last January the, the head injury yeah um, even if it was accidental yeah kind of if there's any contact with the head it, it, it's your fault yeah well, one of the drivers behind that was not to protect the player being tackled it was to protect the player tackling because they were saying there were so many injuries for people getting their head in the wrong place whatever and I think that's what you're getting at if we start lower then the various consequences that can you know even up to and including a red card they kind of go away if you is yeah, that what you're getting at yeah yeah absolutely I think if you start it from when you're yay high to up to like even, even lads techniques playing fully pro like some of them are absolutely horrendous like you see they're getting the heads the wrong side and no wonder players are getting knocked out you know mm. it's like go back to what you were taught as a kid kind of on your knees tackling you know and someone walking beside you and you get your head in behind the bum and you kind of drive with your legs and push them Lads just throw themselves in front mm. of people now. It's like it's recklessness. It's just, just not, I don't know. It's just not smart, really. You know. It's all right. Okay, we'll end that one. Uh, so on a similar theme, a uh, question from Carl. Don't have a surname. Um, that's how Twitter works sometimes. <laughs> uh, do you think using a similar but more transparent uh, TMO process like rugby league or the NFL would improve union? So. It's a funny question, this, because actually my gut feeling on this is that sometimes the art process is too transparent because the guys can't, the referee and the TMO can't talk like real humans. Yeah, yeah. They talk in the language of the law book. Yeah. <laughs> They've had the note or mic'd up, yeah. And it's so, and like we spoke earlier, so frustrating when you see the exact question 
a has to be answered. Okay, so the specific try, example yes no? is the Devon Toner yeah. try. Is it a try, yes or no? Mm. As opposed to, is there any reason that the try cannot be awarded? So that's going to bring up two completely different answers. If they don't have the camera angles, it's, well, he only asked that specific question, so actually... I can't, I can't like it's not a try mm. because you haven't answered that yet. I, if you rephrase it, like should they just ask the general question of how about TMO? What? Could you have a look at that? Yes, there you go. Right, um, but I had sympathy for both sides. If you, if you think about, yeah. so Roman Potts, a professional referee, he's been he's been graded for his performance against both the law book and against the protocols and procedures. So if he's asked yes or no then that's the questions he's asked and he has to go on that. Mm. The TMO, for his perspective, I think, gut feeling, without knowing his intent, for want of a better word, uh, I think he was just trying to say, listen, I'm, gonna, I'm giving you a route out here. I'm going to tell you it's a try. I'm going to tell you you can award the try and I hope you just go with me on this and we'll deal with the backlash because this is the right decision because there's no way that Devon Toner didn't get that ball down. But it's uh, it but is it's frustrating. Sometimes yeah. you can hear like they're you can hear them trying to push them towards a certain thing, and yeah, is the ref picking up the hint in the middle of it all? Like, because you're picking uh, it up. Would you like to see that again? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's not a yellow. Do you want to see it from a different angle? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So when you hear that, do you you, you hear um, you've got this wrong, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I do indeed. Yeah, I think, but it's just it's frustrating for everyone because it seems to take so long again. Look, I think what they're doing is right in terms of like we brought it in a couple of years or long time now it feels but um, it's made a difference to the game but if we can kind of be smarter and keep if everything is reviewed I know they're looking at like the tackles and they say right go back a couple of no, do you know what I'd love, to, I'd love to see two things two two simple changes with the TMO first remember, they should remember that it's clear and obvious if it's not clear and obvious you go with the decision on the field right or you or we, we say that it's benefit the attacking team or something to hang your hat on mm. but these two minute stops while you're looking for frame by frame stuff that helps no one and the second thing is for the people in the stadium that's where I think what what um, with Carl that'll be a good point so in the NFL the referee on you the field explains what the decision was now if you're sitting in the stands and it's a wind chill of minus four <laughs> you're freezing your balls off and nothing's been happening for two minutes that would be amazing just tell me what was tell me what was going on ref yeah that would be good but the, yeah Maybe he needs a bit more help then. Just a couple, one or two other lads constantly analysing and go, right, decision, decision. Or even, look, they all get together, don't they? Have their little meeting in, in uh, NFL and go... Tea yeah, and biscuits. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. He walks over, looks at the camera himself, has a little side camera on the side of the field, Yeah, goes over, checks it, comes back, gives his decision, reasoning, job, job done, move. Or, or we just ignore fail play. Ignore fail play. Leave, leave it as in leave, leave it for the don't stop the game. Siding. Leave it for the siding commissioner or leave it for the uh, which can happen already where the guy the TMO picks it up goes check 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 and that means I've already spotted something mm. and I know it's bad. I'd prefer right. the latter in that one. I don't I don't think I wouldn't like to see fail play go untouched in a game and go oh well he's banned for next week and it's like well mm. actually it's no good to us now Right, he's banned for their best players banned but if it's really obvious if it's really and obvious the, and TMO it's picks it up yeah that's the nature yeah you know okay. you know your limits yeah. Grant uh, <laughs> officials know your limits right <laughs> uh, last one um, this is from Tony Down Under uh, when does Peter Stringer get his own superhero movie <laughs> happy birthday Peter Stringer 40 years old still playing well, yeah lucky enough to have uh, uh, played with him down in Munster unbelievable professional um, like he strives for it everything he does is 
is uh, is, is all about rugby. Really, like he's kind of Mister Rugby's, keeps himself in great shape, eats well, like everything that he should do as a professional. But he's like unbelievable, like just loves it, doesn't he? Like you know, I I wish I had that drive to kind of keep playing until I was forty. Unfortunately, I don't, or my body doesn't. But wow, like hats off to him. Hope yeah, he can keep playing. Really, very few players um, have kept going into that decade now. Um, in the professional era and fair play to him it's, it's amazing that he's still going but if you're if you've got the skills that he has the fundamentals at that position and your game's never been based on strength you know for want of a better term but uh, I th- you mentioned it there I think like position scrum half like it's mm. not as if okay normally you hear 40 year olds you go oh forward is a second row or something yeah, yeah, yeah. get away scrum half like yeah like that's a hell of a lot of running like you know yeah. you've got to be so so fit especially in the modern game now you've got to be so so fit to play there and no credit where it's due, absolutely. That's it. Even some, like some, sometimes before a few Munster Ireland games, you see it just drill that Conor Murray does, and he just runs from side to side of the pitch, yeah. passing different positions where it's rolled to him, and you'd be tired watching him. And like Stringer's, you know, a lot, 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 lot more miles on the clock than that, and and he's still going, and still like they're not, they're offering him contracts to stay around for longer as well. So, uh, you know, we could be talking about him again in a couple of years' time in another hard yards. Yeah, if anyone's got uh, spare time in their hands, there are there's good research out there on the running and the intensity of running done per position on the rugby field and there's extraordinary differences in terms of the uh, yeah position by position and then you become very unsurprised when scrum halves don't finish games because they are really you're right James they're, they got the hammer down okay that's it for this week uh, happy birthday again to Strings thanks to the two James to Pat and to Keen Healy to Alan Knockman for producing and Paul Donningan was on sound we'll be back next Thursday with a new podcast subscribe to it on iTunes Podcast Republic SoundCloud and every good podcast app to get it straight to your phone this has been The Hard Yards I'm Andy McGeady we'll talk to you next week The Hard Yards brought to you by Sports Joe